I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me, these opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind, neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Tom, and I'm with my wingman, Steve. Hey, how you doing? And we love to listen to Blunderground, notes from Blunderground. And if you want to know what we're listening for, you can check out Rico Reed and our introduction. He talks and uh, he speaks the quotes. Those are from the underground man, who is the primary character in Dostoevsky's Notes from Underground, and you can go right over to the Underground Railroad, where Tom and Steve travel from ignorance to knowledge, and we have an entire series on Notes from Underground, where you can go through it chapter by chapter with us, and we'll share our unique view on uh, on the Underground Man. And when we listen to uh, Blunderground uh, over social media, primarily we're on Twitter, uh, but every once in a while, something comes from Blunderground that kind of tweaks our interest. We want to talk about it. And today, uh, Blunderground is linked in. Yeah. Wow. This, this gem of a tweet that made it to LinkedIn, it was like a social media within a social media. Somebody put up a thing that said 99% of all jobs can be taught. Give people a chance. And that was something I was saying. It was like OJT. Like people, yeah. people can be taught things. It seemed like a pretty simple thing. Well, man, this lady with an MBA, this Karen on here. Oh, my goodness. I just noticed her name was Karen. <laughs> is that right? Her I name is gonna, Karen. I actually was going to mention that It says you. Karen Crawford MBA. It does. There it, it is. Oh, oh she's got I, MBA in the I title. Oh, no, don't worry about it. That's I guess And then after that, that, I didn't even see this, too. It says she slash her. Oh, there you go. So she's got her preferred pronouns. Oh, pronouns I should have known there. where this was yeah, going. Pronouns in there. and then, I, yep. I'm not going to read you her diatribe on this. Okay. Okay. Well, she essentially says that, uh, well, you know, um, she kind of like tries to do that liberal thing where yeah. like she makes space for everybody, right? Exactly. While while also saying like, but you should think I'm correct. Very perceptive. She, right. Well, she's you know, I'm concerned how often I see posts that undermine the value of college education. I know. So that's I'm not going to read you her diatribe. I'll give you that. And no, the, I know. It's, it is four paragraphs. It's four of paragraphs. Karen I saw I, I, I saw this exact thing. It was interesting on LinkedIn, and it was I'm sure it was a different frame, but it was the same subject. And so I was on LinkedIn, and they were talking about this. And this one woman comes out, and I I forget exactly what who she was, but she says uh, she says uh, they're talking about the college degrees, and she says people always say 
that, uh, that you don't need to go to college to learn the skill. But if that were true, then um, for a majority of jobs, then people wouldn't go to college. They would just teach themselves the skills, and then colleges would be all done, and then that would be the, that would be the end of it. It's going to be that way. Your 16-year-old already knows this. Well, no, that's true. Number, yeah, sorry. two things. Number one, it is going to be that way. You're exactly right. <laughs> and then number two, though, is also it's, she's ignoring the aspect of gatekeeping, right? I mean, most of uh, – so most of um, – uh, for example, okay, there's a reason I'm sitting in a room right now in front of a microphone, okay, talking out into the ether. Okay, it's because miserably that, at life. Well, Wait, no. Okay, <laughs> no, there you go. But here, if yeah. you put in a job application, most applications and resumes are pre-filtered through AI. Yeah. Right, these days, yeah. and the bigger the corporation, the more yeah. likely it is that there's some sort of AI program. That's right. All right. AI programs are incredibly smart, and they filter. They they, they have they in two seconds. They filter for college education and for age. And so because it's so easy to filter for those things, yeah. uh, even when it's illegal to ask about those things, they yeah. can still do it. Yep. And so it, and it's so easy to do that it's not even thought of. It's just it's built right into the system. So if you are looking for a younger person, say, for example, that has more technical skills, you say, well, we'd prefer to have someone who's below the age of 40, right? You can fill out. All sorts of stuff. You can fill out applications until your hands fall off, and it's just not mm-hmm. going to make a difference because the AI is going to see your age, nope. and you're just never going to make it past that filter. Yeah. All right. And in terms of the college, uh, the gatekeeping. See, people talk about the skills, but w- again, it's not what they tell you. It's not what you talk about. It's what you don't talk about. Man, it's what they don't tell you. So one thing about this that gets me is the irony of it all. Okay, so the original person that posts the tweet, her name is Tiffany, Tiffany Johnson. All right, Tiffany Johnson, this is it, right? Creator, Amazon's $150 million black business accelerator. <laughs> all right, black business accelerator. Okay, you and cannot. she says, oh man, man she says, and she says, I couldn't agree more because, right, listen, look at the plight of blacks, specifically black men, in terms of educational attainment, all right? Now, this is not an opinion, okay? It's just a fact. You can go look up the numbers. So if she's looking to accelerate black businesses, which is a, right, so she's going to be, uh, she's focusing in, she, this is not a diverse environment here, okay? And she wants to bring in black men, then not only is she going to need to shun a d- diversity, but she's also going to need to be uh, do a lot of on-the-job training and do a lot of skills training. Now, listen, none of this is bad, okay? But No, but, yeah, you have people coming in to the workplace nowadays, and apparently Karen here has an MBA, and they're leaders, so they have a voice, and they're telling people, no, no, you, you really can't learn. You got you to gotta get a college degree. And we're going back right back to the 1990s, which put people in debt up to their eyeballs, which you're trying to get out of. Aren't we in the middle of Joe Biden trying to, like, give everybody a reprieve on this student loan stuff and whatnot. And, uh, you know, even your son is recognizing, like I said, we don't need people going into debt over and over and over to achieve these degrees that are essentially meaningless, unless you're like some sort of heart surgeon or something. I mean, I've had plumbers come over my house. Yeah. And, you know, maybe like the older guy, like he went to plumber school or something. I don't right. I don't exactly know, maybe a trade school. But the other guy who's eventually going to take over that company, he's his apprentice. And the dude's like 18, 19 years old. And he's been doing it with him like part-time since he was, you know, in high school. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of how people are learning skills these days. What your son say? You can go on YouTube and find out how to do pretty much anything. My brother's one of the best mechanics I know. Has absolutely zero ASE certifications. None. 
None. But you have these people on LinkedIn, which is, I, I, I don't know of a more businessy site uh, where where leaders of the business world get together than that. And you have people like her who are saying, no, no, the, the ceiling that you need to break through is still getting, you know, a $200,000 college degree. Yeah, there's there's a lot. This is a really it's a this is a great opportunity to just look at unspoken assumptions and to look at her priors that she's pretty much wearing. This is such a big issue because HR itself has become completely feminized, mm. right? And it's not it's it, it's actually uh, this is um uh, I can uh, I got this on uh, from a tweet uh, that I saw and it was a woman that said this actually. So it was just wonderful because women are the only people that can say this now. <laughs> if it was a man that had said this, he would have been canceled and. and that would have been the end of that. You would have known about the tweet. Yeah, you wouldn't. I wouldn't have known about it. But it was a woman who said this, and uh, and it, I'm glad that she did because it was very insightful. That HR, human resources, is an, an amalgamation of the of the female takeover of academia in terms of the language and the structures, because it, it's a hundred percent. Because women have they have a duty to care. And so they also they also have have very specific parameters in terms of how they manage relationships. And so, you know, whereas, for example, if this is like, I don't know what kind of business this is, but if if this is an engineering firm, then I'm sure that if there's a guy running it, I'm pretty sure that he's sitting in the captain's chair going, hey, I need to get a good engineer in here. You know, like I need to I need to get a guy who knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. Like, like that would be the number one thing. And that's pretty much his day right there. From yes. the, you know, but her for her there's a lot more going on here. Right. Oh, yeah. And so for her, it is an endlessly complicated process. And she needs to get into that man's world so that she can stop him from making a mistake, yeah. right? Which is which is not seeing how endlessly complicated that this needs to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it really is. She says here. She says, um, and you're you're exactly right. She she starts off. You know, a lot of jobs. But you know, a lot of people say. You know, it's funny. You got to look strong. You know, for those of us. For those of us who kind of live like in that mentally pop, okay, listen. In 2016, when Trump said that, Trump went out and he said a lot of people say that Trump wine is like the best wine. Okay, <laughs> a lot of people do that. All right, like that was me. Like when I heard that, like I just tears ran down my face. I said, "Man, it's a, this guy is gonna. This guy, I'm gonna vote for this guy ten times if I can because he gets it right. Because left has been getting away with this stuff for years, you know, and they've been running roughshod and like you know <laughs> wagging the junk around in our faces with it all day, all time and it finally trump comes along and he's like he's not gonna take it he says there's a lot of people out there you know because people say well there's a lot of jobs that can be taught that way yeah you know, yeah you know what karen okay we get it you know that's you know that's in the south right they say what do they say bless your heart oh yeah right yeah bless your that heart does not mean that <laughs> say, bless your heart you right bless your heart i don't think that means that so and but so then Trump said, you know, a lot of people say Trump wine is the best wine out there. Nothing's better. You know, a lot of people say this. And when he said that, he's just rubbing it in and 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 you know, giving a signal because he had too much power and too much money. He didn't need to worry about anybody. You know, the same one where he had the um. Oh man, I shouldn't even say this, but remember the interview he had with the young lady, and she started to stammer. And then Trump's like, I, Trump's oh, I like, remember the interview. I wish she, I could remember what he it, said. What she, did he say? She get really nervous and she starts to stammer. And Trump's like, he gives her about like ten seconds, and that's it. And then after ten seconds, he goes, he goes, you're gonna be okay. He goes, you're gonna be able to do this or not. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> 
I mean, it's and it's live, right? That's why his presidency was so entertaining. Oh man, you know, great. Like I always say, listen, I'm not. Don't look to me to apologize for 2015 to 2017. Those are pretty sweet years. I don't care who you are. It's fun to watch, man. Man, right? It's like we weren't doing bad. Like like gas prices didn't suck. Like objectively, what sucked in your life? Nothing really sucked except if you just wanted to be bitter that your candidate lost. Why couldn't you just enjoy the fact that we had a president like that? Well, remember, you know, I you know, I I think I remember the uh, the first moment when uh, I think I remember the first moment when it all came crashing down. And I realized it was it was I realized it was all a, a, a glass mirage was going to fall apart. Right, and and sure enough, it did. Yeah, and it was. I remember the moment it was. It was when remember when they were trying to get the wall built. And then oh, Trump's yeah. like, I'm good. and, and th- that was the whole thing with Mexico, right? It was yeah. like the liberal, uh, it was all, oh, well, we're going to make Mexico pay for it, right? And then it all came out, and Trump was like, no, nah, we're going to do it ourselves, and then we're going to work out something. And that was fine. I think that nobody cared about that. But there was a point in time, okay? Trump tried to, he tried to move a billion dollars, all right? This is a billion dollar with a B, all right? I mean, okay, not the Trump with billion with a B thing, okay? But a billion dollars, not very much, okay? Like, for the government, all right? Like, I mean, you were in the military. I'm pretty sure you saw a billion dollars falling out of people's pockets all uh, every day. We're going to make a whole other episode about that. <laughs> oh, man. Trust me. It doesn't fit right here. <laughs> it doesn't fit right here. But we'll you're not a, wrong. We'll do a whole other episode on that one. Yeah. Maybe. So, anyhow, so Trump wanted to, he wanted to transfer a billion from the defense budget into the civilian budget so that they could build a wall. Yeah. And he said, well, it's not enough, but it's enough for a lot of it. So we're going to take the billion and we're going to build a majority of it and then we'll figure out the rest at the end. And so they wanted to move a billion dollars. Well, anyhow, to make a long story short, it didn't happen. They shut him down, all right? They basically said... The, the idea that an American president can move a billion dollars from one ledger to another is so unconscionable that all of America would split and shatter into a thousand pieces if that happened. And everybody just bought it hook, line, and sinker. All right. We just spent like, we just sent like $600 billion to Ukraine like the other day. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, we just, I mean, we, 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 we send them, we send them our, our treasure like, like every three months and that and no one even says anything but trump couldn't get a billion so and they said that would be terrible and when i said i said trump can't get a billion dollars that's already earmarked for defense spending for the wall if he can't do that then you know what turn off the lights the party's over all yeah. right like for- somebody turn off the lights because it's all done no critical thinking is gone we, i was we were driving on the road the other day me and my brother and yep. it's just i just happen to see like you know for the f- Five millionth time, a Ukrainian flag in someone's yard. Oh man! Like not once since you've lived here your entire life, right? Have you put an American flag out front, right? But the news has signaled to you now that Ukraine is important. You couldn't find them on a map, they, but you got a flag up. They don't, Why? They don't even hide it anymore, Steve. I saw the, I saw this recently. They don't even hide it anymore. These um these um uh, the, the 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 crisis scenes, they stage them now. Oh yeah, they do. They stage them right in the Kiev. Yeah, they do. They 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 don't. The crisis scenes, yep. like uh, Zelensky, he doesn't. They don't go out and 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 into the war zones. He, the, it's too dangerous. Of so course, they, they they have all Who these. Believes uh, that they have all these cameras. They come in and yeah. then they 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 set things on fire and then they have locals and they're like, okay, we're gonna need you to run through the fire like you're running away from. Soldiers. Yeah, it's like a Spielberg production. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, and then they don't even hide it anymore. I mean, they just they just do it right out in the open. We we started seeing that with weather. Remember, remember, yeah. like they back up the scene as like yes. he was standing in like the only deep puddle. No, that everyone was else the, is remember, driving around perfectly that, fine. That was the woman in the in the in the canoe, which one of my favorites, right? Remember? Oh, that's another one then. Yeah, the, the there's guy. Hundreds. Oh, there's hundreds of them. The, the 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 woman, she's in the canoe, and then she's so fat because the one uh, uh the one 
the there's a guy and a gal in the studio and like the gal is trying to empathize empathize with her you know yeah. like, oh are you okay and you know how are you feeling and you know there's all this and there's it's so tender you know like it's and and you know like they're trying to make it like she's afraid like like she's in some sort of danger but they don't talk about what it might be you know yeah. and she's sitting there and she's talking about the weather and she's going on and then anyways it goes in the frame and the guy standing in front and the, it comes up to the guy's like ankles you know right and then she just glides past the guy and then the guy in the studio starts laughing you know because and then like other people start walking in the frame <laughs> like where's the cameraman how did the van get there does anybody right. think about this stuff? right 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 i'm not gonna go off on a tangent on the moon but who was the cameraman <laughs> right. as, as he's stepping down onto the moon for the first time oh. supposedly oh oh yeah the, like, the yeah. wasn't it hanging off the limb or something or dude that camera's way far away bro no, you can't see no arm in there off the limb. Oh, yeah, right. I'm not going to get into a moon conspiracy here. I'm just saying, like, where's the camera? Yeah, there Critical you go. Critical thinking is what I'm trying to point to here. All right, we'll, have to, go, we'll have to go over to digital at some point. We'll, yeah, have, to, yeah. we'll have to do it. That'll be a three-hour one. We'll have to do Yeah. We'll have to do Tom and Steve do six hours of conspiracy theories. And we're still not going to get anywhere. Man, <laughs> unbelievable. You know, some of those, uh, the photos, you know, the um, um, they're, they're, there's a whole subset of photos that were that were taken out. And uh, were 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 they're basically they were they were put away, and I think they were um, they're lost. They're now considered to be lost. lost. <laughs> well, they're, they're considered to be lost, but there as a few of them. There's like uh, there's a couple segments of a few of them that uh, that that have survived, and you can't see the whole video, but you can see like a couple parts of it. Mm. And um, the uh, anyways, this I mean, it's like the worst stuff. It's so bad. I mean, there's the um, the uh, some of the like. Uh, the way that the the astronauts like they jump are bouncing like, and stuff. yeah like they they the way that they jump like it's they're hitting like a it's really bad I mean when you watch it like I mean even if you're you just watch it you're like wait what am I watching like and it, it's, yeah if you have any sense of critical thinking left but it's people it's people like Karen that have just been totally brainwashed I I just wonder like what circumstances bring you to believe that you have these three valid sorry four valid points you can make yeah but then they always wrap it up with though i'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this like no you're not right oh yeah you just went on some you know four paragraph thing about how you're wrong no because that's a religious tenant okay because that's what they teach you to do when you're when when you're getting schooled so when you're you're getting there because you're you're there to manage things and so you have to be able to um you have to be able to uh you know like they'll teach you that in the class they'll say well whenever you write something you have to say i'm interested in hearing your thoughts you know and you have to do that to cover yourself so it's all covering yourself legally so it's a sacrament so the law right so the employment laws are like the Bible and then the, the 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 taglines like for example I'm interested in hearing what you have to say that's the sacrament all right it's like uh, for example in, in secularism right so uh, the sacrament of secularism is voting yeah right you know because vote we secularists have temples they're called uh, they're called voting booths <laughs> and so they go into the they go into the little temple and that's where they you know because they go and and uh, and that's where they um yeah they go into the temple and then they have the sacrament so the sacrament is to vote. You know, it's because you're authorizing, you know, you're kind of author, you know, you're what you're doing is you're giving that uh, authentic authenticity to that control over your life. Yeah. 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 So here and they do the same thing in universities now because it works so well in government. You know, they say, hey, in the government, we can get people to look at voting as a as a religious sacrament. Imagine what we can do if we can take over the universities. <laughs> right? and, and they have. And I've worked 
I've worked in, uh, I don't know if I call this a, a privilege or, or whatever. Yeah. I've had the experience of working in a corporate office, yep. which I've spoke a couple of times about before. Yes. And I'll tell you what, you are afraid of the HR department. Oh, yeah, no question. Okay. Human resources, it sounds like a nice title, like right. they're there no, to help does. you. Yeah. Oh, no, my friend. Especially not if you are a white male. I'm not being racist. I'm I'm. I'm just telling you, yep. the stereotype is there for a reason. I had a I had a black female supervisor, okay? Yep. And she was like as oppressive as they can be. I'm fresh out of the military, right? So I can take an order. Sure. Right? right like right. like like a civilian telling me what to do is like no big deal. Like that's just that's how I wake up. Right, sure. Fine. This lady was like worse than some of my drill sergeants. <laughs> <laughs> like like if, if the tables were flipped. I'm a white man. Yeah. She's a black female. Yeah. Had I spoken to her the way she spoke to me, dude, I'd no I'd way, have been hung on the tree outside the office. Right. Like HR was not someone you could go to. HR was like, you're like, man, they are looking for me to say one wrong thing and they are gonna crucify me in this building, man. Right. And no, that's I the know. way it's become. Yeah, it is. The social scripts have been totally flipped on their totally head. Totally flipped. You know, I used to work in a place with an HR person, and the HR person had been married like eight times. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, it was bad. I mean, yeah. like, but like, she had been like, like, she had run off. She had like a ton of husbands, and she had run them all off. Like that, she had like this long string of failed marriages, and so, <laughs> and it was like I always thought about that. Like, like we pay this woman a terrible amount of money, like a lot of money, to come in here and make sure that everything is going to be homogenous and, and and everyone's going to be fairly happy, right? Like, I'm sorry, but like you, you had like eight, you have seven marriages that all ended in flames, like, <laughs> like you're right? already like, starting off, right? And then like, yeah. I mean, like I, I don't know about how I feel about that, right? Like, I mean, you can't handle things, right? You can't manage to make harmony in your own home. <laughs> it makes you think I want you here. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not trying to hold you to First Timothy three here, right, the but HR, like, the saying, convenience store, but saying, right? My goodness, Come man, on, man, that's a nightmare. How, how how are you to care for the Seven Eleven if you cannot care for your own household? <laughs> so you know, if you're here, and this one, Karen here, she says. However, I'm concerned how often I see posts that undermine the value of a college education. Now, number one, I don't think the person was doing that. I think what they were doing was they were saying that a lot of jobs don't need skills and that people need to be less serious about college education. She wasn't implicitly saying that the value, college education has no value. Right. Uh, because value is a subjective term that's usually based on a hierarchy and which is a personal choice. So coming from an HR perspective, uh, okay, so she admits that she has an HR perspective. So therefore, she's qualifying her statement. So basically, remember, all perspectives have value, okay? So she's saying, I'm not coming at this telling as an authority. I'm not telling you that you're wrong. What I am telling you is that you're never going to get to the truth unless there's 50,000 people that give opinions. And I'm going to give mine so that I can force us closer to the truth, right? Which yeah. is the uh, – this is a very secular way of thinking. This is not a Christian – this is not a Christian mind here. This is a secular mind. Yeah. She says, I don't think it's a good approach for talent acquisition, okay? Here's a few reasons why. Number one, bringing in green talent means that new hires will only learn from incumbents. If I have an engineering firm, okay, and I employ the best engineers on the planet, okay, I don't want anybody, all right? So 
I know a couple engineers, right? And they generally tell me the same story, okay? They say, one day we had some dude that came in with all these accolades from school, and then we put him on front of a computer, and he couldn't do jack squat, all right? And then everybody had to come in and help him to forget everything they learned in school, and we had to teach him how to do it the right way. And then once he listened to us, then he was a pretty good engineer. But, you know, we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to get this guy to forget what he had learned because it was junk. Who hasn't heard that in their life? Seriously, who hasn't heard a story like that? Right. Yeah, like once you get there, then you got to learn what you do. I've given the Taco Bell example so many times, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you're not, like my bachelor's degree does not mean if I go start a Taco Bell that I'm running the place. That's right, right, that's right. The 19-year-old has been there for four years, you know, since they were in 12th grade or whatever, 11th grade helping out. Yep. They're they're telling me what to do. Right, because they know. Yeah. My business degree didn't teach me nothing about how Taco Bell runs. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, right, man. That's right, man. And so she says here, this creates a, a, a homogeneity of thought. All right. So homogenous thought and culture. Oh, you mean homogenous thought? You mean like the way the government runs? Like, cause I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm pretty sure that every four years, like we, every for every couple of years, we go into the voting booth and then we vote for one party. And I usually don't say, you know what, would be the best government. The best government would be if we had like the Green Party and the Libertarians and the Republicans and the Democrats. Cause you know what, I don't want the White House. I don't want to have like in the White House uh, a homogenized opinion. Like I want to have, like I want to get like Franklin Graham in there and a transgender dude in there, and I want to get like a British guy in there too like another citizen everybody needs a good british guy yeah like you got to get here's morgan is great to listen to yeah no doubt man you get him in there and then you get like a homeless guy from san francisco get the guy who was hanging out with the pelosi character and get him in there yeah and you get all those guys in there and so then and that would be the best white house no nobody does that everybody says i want to vote for my team and then i want them to fire everybody that doesn't think like that's the best way to run the government right at this point i'm willing to give that other thing a shot though yeah (laughs) that's right so you know same thing with the family and same thing uh for example even with the church right i mean uh there's many institutions that we have in our society where that's simply not true yeah and it says one way of doing things that isn't challenged so uh that isn't challenged which of course is how we run society Uh, although new hires will likely add value so what will likely see so will likely this uh this whole uh language doesn't mean anything they will not do so through years of exposure to research regulatory laws and practices that outline constraints governing laws and ethical considerations so the unspoken assumption here is that is that academic research is the most is the is is superior to other kinds of research that um, government uh, governmental regulatory laws and governmental practices uh, recommended practices um, that out that uh, uh, are superior are needed in order for a personal uh, person to a person to excel okay so regulatory laws those are government laws and regulatory practices mm. those are recommendations by government agencies that outline constraints mm-hmm. okay governing laws and ethical considerations all right so uh that practice uh uh, that uh, outline constraints so for example what she's saying here is she's saying that unless you unless you go by unless you're aware of the governmental laws then that you'll never be able to uh, excel in your job so let's say that you have a nonprofit, and your nonprofit is to try to help uh homeless uh black families on the street 
Okay. Right. And that you need to have people that are going to go out and are going to reach out to that community. Chances are you're probably going to want to you're going to want to hire black people, not white people, mm-hmm. because at least for that first at least for that first contact, because, right. you know, not, not because you're racist or because you're prejudiced, but because you're trying to manage a pipeline. Right. Well, it makes sense to start that way. Yeah. No. So it, it, it does make sense to start that way. And the reason the thing about about this uh, this comment here from Karen that it's just. You know, they wield it like a hammer. You know, no one's saying, you know. So there used to be a time, and, and I think if you're old enough, you, you'll realize this. And if not, then you should know. There used to be a time when people could understand that three things. Number one, that some statements are fact statements without being, with, you don't have to say it's a fact statement. You can just say it. And some, some statements can be considered to be fact statements. Other statements can be considered to be opinion statements without implicitly saying so. And then the third one is that most situations, by most situations, I mean 90%, are are nuanced, all right? Meaning that you're going to talk around it. You're not going to talk through it majority of the time, mm-hmm. right? Like we talk about the boy crisis, and we can talk about it for all the live long day. I could do 99 episodes on it, but I can't solve it, all right? Not in one, not, I can't just sit down and just give the right answer, you know? Right. Uh, I can't just solve it in a day. Uh, so even though we talk it, we talk around things, things are full of nuance. But, and this is a good example of how people approach social media because they'll come out and what they do is they make fact statements that sound like opinions, all right? They make opinion statements that sound like facts and they treat, they treat uh, situations that are incredibly nuanced like they're the easiest, most basic thing in the whole world. And like right. how could you not understand Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like this is where we have such a confused culture. And, and this is where, uh, for example, um, in our in our other podcast, we're in uh, Underground Railroad. Uh, you should go check out Harry Blumeyers in uh, The Christian Mind. He talks about shaking the table. Right. Yeah. And so we live in a society. Right. With men are wanting to be girls. Girls want to be guys. OK. Uh, people want to state fact statements like their opinions. Opinion statements are stated like facts. And nuanced situations are treated like they're straightforward. And straightforward situations are treated like they're the most complicated, nuanced thing in the whole wide world. And so shake the table on these people. Get yourself a Christian presupposition, a Christian mind, and shake the table on these people. Because there's a reason why we ended up in this place, right? Yeah, objective truth well, disappeared. Man, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And so, you know, in your when you have objective truth, you know what to do. You know what to act. Yeah, and you can challenge every single one of these things. Every one of them. That she says. Yep, yep, every one of them. You know, what does she mean? Like, I don't want to skip a point, but educated talent is more likely to be aware of human fallacies of thought. She's talking about logical fallacies. You know, And know which traps to avoid is how she ends up. Really? Mm-hmm. That is literally the opposite of biblical truth. Well, what it is is it's classism, and, and it's interesting, and, and uh, it's classism there. So effectively... Um, what is uh it's the great so on the left you always have an unspoken accusation of either sin or ignorance right so people on the left don't run around calling it's not explicit it's not that you know some people will say well um you know that uh it's not ex- implicit explicit it's not like you know um Although sometimes it is, I mean, right with the uh, the basket of deplorables. I mean, that was a big thing. Oh my goodness! You know, so so for example, so a lot of times leftists will look at rightists, or they look, or or a classism, the elite, right? So you look at the elite classes, we'll look at the lower classes, and they either they either accuse them of sin or ignorance. Okay, and so and and many times they're they're uh, framed as a victim, 
yeah. right? They're victim, and it's always topsy turvy. Remember, it's always topsy turvy. Yeah. This is how you how do you destroy a society, right? Is is you have to push against the normal, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, everything is always pushed against the normal. So if something's considered to be normal, then you have to introduce the idea that the opposite of normal has validity, that it's a valid form of opinion. Yeah. So for here, they always do this. The leftists will always they always assume that a person is either a victim of sin, their sin or ignorance. So usually with sin, it's usually the church. They'll say, they'll say, well, it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. It's the church that told you that that was wrong. And yeah. so, you know, they told you it was righteous, but did they really mean that? What they really meant is it's, it's not a wise idea, but now you're so progressive and you're, and now we live in such a big age. Now you don't need to worry about that anymore. You're in a different spot. So, right. So that, that's how they always turn against it. It's not enough to say it's a bad behavior. You need to have different behavior. You have to involve the sacred and then you have to turn it around and push it back. So for the ignorance here, Educated talent is more likely to be aware of human fallacies of thought. So effectively, what she's saying is she's saying that the great unwashed of conservatives that make up the working class in a lot of these places, okay, in a lot of these places, they rule by bravado, right? They, 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 they're not logical. They're, they're victims. They're not educated. Okay. So they don't know, they don't think things through in a way this, they don't, this is always it. The elite never trust the lower class. They never trust the working class to actually, and this is very important. The, uh, the elite never trust the working class to have the sense to make a good decision for themselves. Right. All right, that is a classic elitist presupposition, oh, which yeah. is that the reason the working class does what it does is because they is yeah is the reason they do what they do is because they uh um because they're being directed by us. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, thinking for them. Yeah. Is that they? Uh, sorry. Is the the reason why? the left looks at the working class and feels the way that they do is they don't believe that they have the ability to make that decision for themselves. They're the right that it, so if you go and you drive by a bar on a Friday night and the parking lot's full and you know all the working class guys are in there having a beer, right? Is that because, you know, like you can you can say they can say they're making the right decision. That's a bunch of guys who had a rough week and they need to decompress, and that's how they're doing it. And that's and, and that's the right decision for them, right? Or you can look at it and you can say they're doing it because th- someone told them, and because they're not smart enough to make the right decision, and so someone put them into the position to make the wrong decision. Yeah, there are a bunch of degenerates in there. We're better than them, right? We're yeah, exactly. Go home and drink wine on our fancy couch, right? Yeah, than no, being exactly. The dive bar. Yeah, right, exactly, or, or you know what have you. So um, you're able to. So they never trust you to make decisions for yourself. No. And so educated town is more likely to be aware of human fallacies of thought. So what that is is that saying that. That's saying that there's a certain way to think, and that way to think is going to lead you to where you need to go. And then there are the other people who just kind of flounder around, and they end up kind of circling around the drain until yeah. until the end comes. Yeah. Right. And she's saying that for your company, you don't want you want your company to elevate the the first people, not the second people. And so this is classism right here. So it's more likely to be aware of human fallacies of thought. You know, it also, too, by the way, it makes, I mean, see, and this is why I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it in a deep voice so that you can hear me. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna, here I come. You ready? I'm going to do this on three. <laughs> One, 
two, three, right? Schlossberg, right? We're gonna. I can't wait. I can't wait to start this book. So we're gonna start. All right. So, um, and it makes an idol out of rationality, anyhow. Okay. For sure. Right, yeah, because you can't like you can make an idol out of rationality. And so and if if you can if you make an idol out of rationality, then there's no then you can quantify everything becomes quantifiable. Yeah. And and once everything becomes quantifiable, then the only thing that's left is power dynamics. I yeah. mean, right? We were talking about Carl Sagan the other day, right? Yeah. The universe is all there is, all there was, all there ever will be, yeah. right? So if everything exists within the cosmic box, then why not go out and try to, you know, why not go out and get a gun and say, you're all going to listen to me now? Yeah. Because if there's nothing outside the cosmic box and you just- What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Nothing. Right? So you, you get that sense of what's stopping you. So um, it's just power dynamics. And ultimately- uh, that's one of the reasons why power dynamics is so prevalent in our society is because we are living in that post-Christian age where we see a decline in religious belief. The peop- and it's because of exactly what the, like what we talked about in the Christian mind. Yeah, it's because of exactly what that author said. It's we got look look at the if you look at this tweet the the original one which is the simple ninety nine percent of all jobs can be taught. This lady with good common sense. Yes, she has ninety nine thousand one hundred and forty six reactions on that wow and they seem to all be positive okay okay but now we flip over to karen 158 Uh, so if we went by the numbers we should overwhelm them we we the people on the dive bars we the working class should absolutely overwhelm them but what are we doing Mm. exactly what blumeyer said Yep. We're, we're just compromising and exactly. meeting in the middle instead of standing on our objective truth, the, the things that we know to be good common sense and true. Right, right. No, exactly. Catering to these people. And you see, as she says, I, I love it. She says, a culture that values diversity of thought, perspectives, and educational backgrounds acts as an incubator. Really? You mean like in our country? <laughs> right? You mean right? I mean, you looked around. The irony in that is. Yeah, isn't it? Like American culture? Like, palpable. Oh, we need a culture that values diversity of thought. And also, too, how do you value diversity of thought? What does that look like? Exactly. Right? Like, because are you talking about diversity of thought in terms of like pedophilia? Is that what you're referring to? It's or, it's general. Right? You know, it's, it's general. It's it can diversity, be Diversity, right? No, diversity of thought is. It's a gatekeeping term, right? And so that's another thing, all right? So we have fact, opinion. You know, I was talking about fact statements and opinion statements. Yep. You also have what's called gatekeeping terms, right? These are terms that they have a meaning, but the meaning is phony baloney. It doesn't mean anything, all right? Like, well, effectively, it's just a gatekeeping term. So when you hear it, you're so it's a signal that you are now in the presence of a gatekeeper of some sort. That's why, for example, DEI, like when I say DEI, like if someone Ugh. comes in, if someone says, <laughs> You know, hey, Steve, we got a DEI consultant coming in tomorrow morning, right? That means that you have a gatekeeper coming in who is going, and that's that's that important. means I'm calling in sick. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, and so it ends up being like a gatekeeping term. Yeah. And so that's nice. where, and so that's where we, now we have, we call it a political divide. People say they don't like talking about politics. And this is the weird thing. See, we don't have, like, it's not a political divide. No, it, it, what not. it is, is not, is, is people that understand, right? People say, well, I'm not going to allow DEI experts to like go around and gatekeep my life. I'm like, this is my life, you know. Like I, like for example, with you and I, we go to the Bible. We look to God. Well, like, we're not looking for a, a DEI person to, to to be able to frame things for us. Nor are we and looking so, for a Trump. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. To be fair. Yeah. No, that's true. That's right. exactly right. So you, 
you end up uh, so what you do is you end up with a split and this is what Blue Myers was talking about in terms of uh, in terms of defending things on a secular frame because if I was to de- if I was to defend that statement on a secular frame it would take me 20 minutes and I'd be exhausted by the time I got done and honestly I'm not going to convince anybody and you're still going to get nowhere right I'm not going to get m- anywhere but if I come out with a cr- if I come out and I I, I claim I claim the Lord as uh, the Lord of the host and I claim the Lord as as God and I start and I, I start looking to see what God says about it I can do that very quickly and I don't need to defend that truth. I nope. just need to state it and stand and, on it. Yeah, and stand on it. And because things are evident, I can say, "Hey, let's look at uh, when the the culture was a strong Christian culture, and everyone had the same social script, and everybody had very similar beliefs, and everybody had these, uh, and the society was built upon these Christian presuppositions." You know, and that's all you need to do. That's that's it, man. That is pretty much it. Yeah. Wow, man, really great, really great. Well, really great to talk today about the state of our world and the state of business. Uh, we love taking opportunities to uh, to talk about these issues. Uh, they come to us from all over, but primarily from Blunderground. And thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me, these opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind, neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground.